In a world of conflicting values, when questions are more common than answers, God's Word provides everything we need to live a God-centered, truth-driven life. Now, here's the Word for Life broadcast, brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Well, good morning. Welcome to the Word for Life broadcast. My name is Ken Keltner. Uh, Jack Gardner, our producer, is not with us today. But I'm happy to have in studio with me Jim Tillerson. He is the president of Faith Baptist Bible College in Ankeny, Iowa. And uh, Jim and Joan are here for our missions conference. Jim is our keynote speaker, and we get a a wonderful opportunity to spend some time with him here this morning. So, Jim, thank you for uh, joining us for the Word for Life. My pleasure. Yeah, we're glad to have you. Uh, I, can I tell you, folks, if, if you haven't been able to uh, to join us for our missions conference, you can go on to, to Brookside Baptist Church, our website, and uh, those messages of the men that are with us here for our conference are uh, uploaded, and you can listen to those, and I think they'll be a great help, a great encouragement to you. And before we get into a discussion here with Jim, let me just remind you, Mike Gendron will be with us here at Brookside November 12th and 13th. Um, you're going, we'll be moving into the holidays. It's possible that you have, uh, friends or family unsaved, maybe some that are, you know, into, uh, uh, some other, uh, denomination that doesn't necessarily teach the sufficiency of Christ, uh, uh, and Jesus alone for salvation. Mike Gendron, he'll be here Saturday from 8.30 to noon. Uh, and then Sunday morning, uh, both services, and Sunday night, he'll be a great help to you to know exactly how to talk to your friends and family about the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Jim, um, you grew up in Minnesota, is that correct? Yes. I think you said uh, the other night uh, before you uh, a few people booed you that you were uh, your favorite football jersey is a purple number four. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember one time when we were preaching, I think we were in... Um, Corinthians, and we're talking about uh, unity, not uniformity. And I, and I said, you know, not all of us, you know, have the same likes and dislikes. I mean, some of us like the Green Bay Packers, and some of us like the Chicago Bears. And and all of a sudden, there's this cheering and booing going on. And, the, and I said, uh, folks, I think I took it a little too far. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jim, uh, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, your background as far as you know where you grew up uh, how you ended up coming to know the lord and and how god's been leading in your life sure uh my parents uh got saved when i was five years old my dad was uh, a professor at the university of minnesota crookston branch he taught mechanized agriculture and another professor invited him to go to church in grand forks which is a half hour drive and uh, for whatever reason my parents went and my mom got saved first Mm. And it uh, took my dad about six months, but then my dad became a believer as well. And it was probably just some of the most real Christians that I had ever met in my life. I can still see my dad reading his Bible, uh, would serve and do anything he could to help people. Um, but we were in a church that was probably very uh, focused on um, standards more than we were understanding the Word of God. And, um, but it was good preaching, and it did give the gospel. And uh, so I made a profession of faith when I was young. And uh, long story, uh, my parents thought I should go to Northland Baptist Bible College. Uh, a friend, we grew up near an air base, and uh, we always had airmen in our home. My parents were very hospitable. And uh, one of the ladies 
would purposely drive her car off in the ditch to be stuck at our house. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> my parents really mentored her and she ended up going to Northland. And so then they heard about that and they just said, hey, we think you should go to Northland. So I went to Northland and uh, my sophomore year, I heard an evangelist, Tom Farrell, mm-hmm. uh, came and preached on repentance. And he used an illustration. He said there was a guy who had a lion and uh, he wanted to go on vacation. So he called his son up who had a kennel and said, hey, would you watch my lion while I go on vacation? His son said, sure, dad, bring him over. So he said, brought the lion over, messed around, got him in the kennel. And he said, the son walked into the house and he said, one of those little yippy dogs that hated cats. And he smelled a cat and he said, that lion, that dog raced out to the kennel. Yip, 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 yip. And he said, he got right out to that kennel and the lion looked and went, roar. He said, that little dog whipped right around and ran right back to the house. And he said, that's repentance. Mm-hmm. And and he said, he went to 2 Corinthians where he said, there's sorrow not to be repented of, and then there's the sorrow of death. And I realized that night that um, I was sorry for getting caught, but I wasn't sorry for sinning. Mm. And I looked good on the outside, but I was a total mess on the inside. And uh, I walked out of that sermon and I knew I wasn't saved. And uh, But I also knew that there'd be things I'd have to change if I got saved. And I wasn't willing to do that. But I'd go to bed that night and say, are you going to go to hell for this? And I was like, yeah. And oh, wow. the next day, are you going to go to hell for this? Yeah. And finally, thankfully, on the third day, God just broke me. And I uh, went over by a rock outside the library at Northland just by myself. And I just sat down. And I said, okay, God, I'm done. Uh, you can have my whole life. And uh gave my life to Christ that night. I called my parents and I said, Hey, I think you guys better be sitting down. And they <laughs> sat down. And I said, Hey, I just got to, I just got saved tonight. And my mom was like, We've been praying for that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, Mom, you knew? <laughs> and uh, and honestly, the first, I mean, that next day, I loved reading the Bible. Yeah, I, I mean, know. I grew up in church. I memorized the book of James, but I didn't like reading it. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the next day, I'm like, wow. What an amazing book. Mm. And then I just started growing, and God just did a work in my heart. Uh, I met my wife at Northland. I got called to preach. Uh, I was going to be a lawyer, tested into law school, and uh, both my wife and me were very clear. We both had kind of bad church backgrounds, and we were not going to be in ministry. And um, two weeks, I tested into law school in Lansing, Michigan, got accepted. Two weeks before I was supposed to go, I thought, you know what, if I can do anything with the rest of my life— I want to take as many people to heaven as I can. Mm, And uh, I really thought that would be the end of my Mm. wife and I dating. I called her up and I'm like, hey, I know that I told you I'd never be a pastor, but (laughs) uh, I think God wants to be a pastor and I want to take as many people to heaven as possible. Mm. And I joke around that I had her hooked at that point, but she just (laughs) was like, that's okay. And uh, so we continued dating, got married. And then my senior year, I just, as I was thinking about where I would serve, I thought, you know what? I felt at the time, I don't feel that way now, but I thought, you know, if you want to hear the gospel, you can hear it anywhere in America. Mm-hmm. So I said, I want to go somewhere where they don't have the gospels. But I didn't feel called to learn another language. So it was like England, Australia, or Canada. And I grew up an hour south of the Canadian border. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I really felt like, you know what, God wants me to go to Canada. And uh, the weather doesn't bother me. If you heard my wife's testimony, she's like, God never asked her because she hates cold weather. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> We called all the mission agencies, all the missionaries in Canada were on either coast. So we said, we want to go to the middle. And uh, we took an atlas and wrote down every city of 50,000 or greater in Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta. And uh, I took a survey trip. And every night was like getting ordained. Every past, like, what do you believe about this? What do you believe about that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to Calgary, uh, preached, and everyone's meeting in a school or a community center. And that, in those three provinces, 
There wasn't one self-supporting church like our churches, and uh, everyone's a missionary. And I preached in Calgary Sunday morning, and it's the Scottish guy. <laughs> he says, brother, I need to take you for lunch. And we go for lunch, and he goes, brother, I believe God wants you to take me church. I got a bus and an overhead projector, and they're all yours. <laughs> and I was like, that's all you need to be a success in Canada? <laughs> and I said, well, I need to pray about it. And then I went up to Edmonton, which is three hours north, and the pastor there uh, said, Jim, I've called every school, every seminary. No one's willing to come. I only have 10 people. I can't do it anymore. My health is terrible. And I want, and I was laughing because he took me to McDonald's. Like I was an assistant pastor. I was a youth pastor in Chicago. So white collar, mm -hmm. like it'd be insulting to have a lunch meeting in a McDonald's place. You know, the play yeah. place is yeah. right next yeah. to us. Yeah. And uh, I must have had a smirk on my face and he stopped me and he said, no, I don't want an answer. I want you to promise you'll pray every day for two weeks and then give me an answer. And Edmonton was on our list of cities of 50,000 or greater that my wife and I had prayed for every day for three months before I took mm -hmm. the trip. And I got serious. I said, okay, I promise. And he told me later that he would get up every morning at five in the morning, just lay flat on his study floor, begging God to send us. Mm -hmm. And by the time I got to home, I walked in, I told my wife all about it. And I said, I think God wants us to do this. And we were thinking four years from now, but he said, I need you to come now because I can't take another winter. And I went into my senior pastor, and my senior pastor wanted me to stay to take over for him. But he said, just go up and tell me what you see. And I told him everything. I said, I think God wants us to go. And he mm -hmm. said, Jim, it seems like a 10 out of 10. He said, we'll support you. And uh, God took us up to Canada after that. If you're just joining us, um, visiting with Jim Tillotson, um, and he's sharing uh, about how God just took his life and uh, as he came to Christ and uh, ministered in, in Chicago, and then he and Joan went up to Edmonton, and you took a church of 10 people, and then uh, over the next several years, you just saw God um, um, allow you to take as many people to heaven with you as you could. And uh, won't you share just uh, hear a little bit of, of what took place there in that church? Well, when we got there, uh, the next we I was 28, and we had two kids. We were the only two kids in the whole church. Everyone else was 50 and older of the 10 people that we started with. And uh, when I went to Canada, I just said, God, if just one person would get saved, it would be worth it. <laughs> and I remember the first time I led a Canadian to the Lord. I mean, I was so excited. I called my dad. I'm like, Dad, a Canadian got <laughs> saved. You know, it was so exciting. And, um, and then— uh, we would meet with the other missionaries, and we would just pray, God, would just one of these places be self-supporting? Could you just bless one place? And why he picked our church, I'll still have no idea. But we just started seeing literally hundreds of people come to Christ. And uh, you didn't really have many tra much transfer growth because there wasn't a lot of churches like ours. So mm -hmm. um, there wasn't anyone coming from another church. It was just all people getting saved, baptized. Uh, the neighborhood, the pastor picked out the house for us, and it was a terrible, like there's four different colors carpet. It was a terrible house, but we ended up leading three couples to the Lord in that neighborhood, and uh, it was exactly where God wanted us to be. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and then we just, as people started getting saved, they would have their friends, and then they would want their friends to come to Christ. And um, we had this little building that could seat 100 people. And uh, in three years, we went to two services, and people would stand. We had no seats. Mm -hmm. You can't believe this even happens in North America, but people would stand for the whole service. If a visitor would walk in the door, we had no foyer. If you walked in the door, you were yeah, in, you're right in, there in the auditorium. Yeah. So people would just get up and stand to the back so that they could take a seat. And so 
um, it really was a most amazing work of God that I've ever seen. It mm. was really special. You know, you know what? And uh, I, I heard about the ministry. I'd never met you, but I'd heard about this ministry in Canada, seeing so many people saved. And um, it, it's just encouraging when you hear of, of folks coming to Christ. And then you get around first-generation Christians, and you, you love to hear them pray. You, they, they, have, they have questions. They're hungry to know the Bible. And so I'm sure you and Joan were just inundated with just immediate discipleship and and even counseling, helping them with issues or problems that they've had before they came to Christ and how the Lord is going to use you all to help them use the Word to, to clean up some of those areas in their life. And uh, You know, one of the fun parts of new believers is they ask for help. <laughs> and so many churches, we have problems, but we never want to admit we have one. Yeah. And new Christians are very open, like, yeah, I have a problem and I need help. I want to be what God wants me to be. You know, that that is powerful. It is great. Well, I hope you'll join us for the next broadcast because we're going to have Jim back on and uh, God is going to take him from Canada and he's going to bring him down to Ankeny, Iowa, where he's going to uh, accept the call to be the president at Faith Baptist Bible College in Ankeny, Iowa. And uh I can only hope and pray uh, that God would just uh, allow your spirit of evangelism and discipleship to rub off on, on those young people you're going to be ministering to over the, over the time you've had there and then even the years to come. Mm-hmm. So, Jim, thanks for being with us. Uh, he'll be on our next broadcast. So thank you so much for joining us today. You have a wonderful, wonderful morning. We hope you enjoyed today's program. If you have a question we can answer or would like information on the Word for Life, would like to donate to help continue to produce this broadcast, or need resources for your Christian walk, contact us at Brookside Baptist Church, 4470 North Pilgrim Road, Brookfield, Wisconsin, 53005. You can also visit us at brooksidebc.org. That's brooksidebc.org. Or call us at 262-783-6180. That's 262-783-6180. Thanks for listening today, and please tune in again as we bring the Word of God to your life.